I was going to be that gold watch person, you know. I would be somewhere for 45 years, and and that was my plan because that was, you know, that is what my parents had done as well. And I thought, well, if you're going to go out there, I thought, what problem am I going to solve? Because I think that's a big thing with entrepreneurs now is that they get out there and they get there's so much romanticizing out on Instagram and social media, you know, people with this uh, hashtag boss babe or thing, you know, things like that where there's these stylized photos of people just you know killing it. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District, just south of downtown Columbus. Hi, this is Brett, and with me, as always, is Carol. You know, uh, dear listener, if you've listened to most of our episodes over the past year and years, we've had some great opportunities to delve into the issues of small businesses in Ohio. Who owns them, how to get them started, how to grow them, and how or when to even close them. We've, we've had some great conversations, and everyone knows small businesses are the lifeblood of the American economy, so it's an important topic. Um, but in today's markets, small businesses are suffering. And a few weeks ago, we were participating in an event with the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership, and our shout-out to the partnership. They're wonderful folks. Um, uh, but during this event, we had an opportunity to meet Jamie Barlett, who is the CEO and founder of a company called PolyPay. Jamie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity. Hello. Yeah, we're going to discover more about your company, PolyPay. However, let's first take a look at your background. What experiences did you have before starting your own business? Uh, How were those experiences critical to building your skills to actually take a leap and create a business? Sure. Uh, you know, I was uh, grew up in the Midwest, and I came out to California after college for my real first grown-up work experiences. So I never thought I would be in the entrepreneurial space at all. I immediately went to start start work for a startup, uh, and I'm dating myself there, but in before the dot-com bubble burst. So I, did, I worked for about a year in a uh, marketing capacity for a dot-com that lasted about a year and then exploded. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I actually went back to school and got my MBA over in Pepperdine. And I got one of the first ethics-based MBA programs in the country, which was very pivotal for me about how to approach business as an individual and as a fiduciary and for those people that you work for. And then after that, I actually ended up going to work in consulting for a very large consulting, uh, international consulting company that has about 120,000 people uh, as employees. So I actually went from down in the L.A. area where I was working initially up to San Francisco. They had me come up to San Francisco, and that was a great opportunity for someone who was young, really didn't know what they were going to do. I had about six or seven jobs over the course of about five years working for them. So I, and this is me coming from Wellesley College, I had a degree in economics and English. So I was both the capitalistic sellout, one side of the college was saying, and the other side was, you know, what are you doing sitting under a tree reading Shakespeare? And I thought, well, I... (laughs) I want to do both, you know. How can you I do both? You have painted in imagery there. Wow. <laughs> I was very much, yeah, both departments did not like me whatsoever. They just were like, what are you doing? And I go, I think I have like a split personality. I'm not I'm you not know, sure. This is why Jamie and I get along so well so immediately. My PhD is in sociology with a minor in business. And everybody kept saying to me, 
what are you doing? And yeah. I'm like, make up your mind. Yes. Yeah, right, right. But yeah. how how much easier to see organizational behavior and design from both a business perspective as well as social science? Absolutely, yes. And, and I just thought, well, look, I understand economics and business, but also I think the big thing was back then, people that were great at business couldn't communicate. Right. You know, right. they may be a great, <laughs> just, you know, financial brain. They knew the numbers. But talking to some of these people, I thought, you can't talk your way out of a box here. I mean, right. they could literally not... Right, nor could they educate somebody else in their department because mm. they knew it in their brain, but they could not get it out in a way that people could understand. So that was at least my selling point too. My parents were both going, "What are you doing? What's <laughs> happening?" I go, "It was funny because my mom was a English teacher in high school, and then my father was a banker for years and years and years and years. So maybe it was a silent way to appease both of them. But say, yeah, I was playing both sides <laughs> of the street. So I don't, I don't know. But that that and that's why I kind of found myself. In San Francisco, working and consulting, I thought, well, maybe I'll figure out what I want to do. And I was immediately thrust into high tech. I didn't know a thing about high tech at mm-hmm. all. I mean, here I am. I knew my, you know, X and Y axis, guns and butter. They teach you supply and demand for economics, you know. And then here I am. And they had me. I got to work for Cisco, Hyundai, Kaiser Permanente, Pacific Gas and Electric. I went everywhere for all these jobs. So it was like I got paid to kind of learn to be in these different tech industries, which was fascinating. And I eventually jumped ship, as one does in consulting, for actually Pacific Gas and Electric uh, uh, utility over in San Francisco. And then I ended up working for them for about five years as well in a variety of capacities, leadership development, HR. I got to do union work. So I got to do a bunch of stuff around there. But I think the precipice for the entrepreneur side was I realized that I just wasn't actually happy anymore in a large company. Hmm. It just, um, I always, I'm very risk averse. I thought I would be just fine walking into the cubicle with my little briefcase and clocking in and clocking out and going home. And I just was responsible for my own sphere and that would be fine. And I think in your question, Brad, about the, like the environment or what was sort of maybe a tipping point for me too was I had had enough, unfortunately, bad bosses that I had learned, you know, and if I ever did hang out my own shingle and become something, I, I, would, I knew how to not be a bad boss. Mm-hmm. I had spent enough time in a bad environment where, unfortunately, there were a lot of younger people like me uh, working around me, and we were trying hard to make suggestions, try and talk to management, and people were just not having it. They, you know, they kind of, unfortunately, they viewed it as a threat. We were just trying to, you know, they were at the same time trying to attract younger talent, but they were not listening to us. They, they reviewed all of us. Oh, you're young. You don't know what you were talking about. Or some of them, in fact, felt threatened and were like, you know, just leave it as it is. You know, it works. You know, it's not. If it's not broke, don't fix. You know, if if it's not whatever I'm saying. If it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, that that was the issue I had. And I thought, I just, I can't, it was stifling. You couldn't get anywhere. There were a lot of unhappy people. And I got to a point where I was driving to work every day. And I drove, I used to live down in Redwood City and I'd drive into the city every day. I would have panic attacks. I did not want to physically go into work. And I, I finally realized at that point, I don't want to be here anymore. When you know your environment is that just that negative and not nurturing, I thought, I think I actually have to go do something else here. And that's when I actually really started considering to, to start my own business. But, you know, you had, at, because of timing, when the economy didn't have, it had too many workers. Yes. As opposed to now. Right. When there were so many people out there, um, it was hard to get opportunities. Oh, yes. And so 
when you did get those, though, you were also on cutting edge learning yes. new technologies. Yes. And I mean, I remember my one a job that I had with the state of Ohio. I suddenly got thrust into becoming um, project manager for a twenty million dollar computer program, and I'm like, I had no clue, you know. But you learn. Yes. You learn. You get yeah, in, and that's you do it, I, make I, it they, work. Yeah, they. Th- I'm one of my first projects. Uh, in consulting was I was up at in San Jose and they dropped me in the middle of Cisco in the middle of their heyday and said, so you're going to work on migrating our data center. I said, what? I, I'm an English major. What are you talking? What? I can use a laptop, but that, you know, so, but suddenly here you were, you know, you didn't have a right. choice that you were frontline. You were kind of, for lack of a better phrase, you were the cannon fodder. You're going to go in, we're going to figure it out. We're going to bill for you and we're going to start working on right. a project. And so right. you just kind of learn to just go, okay, follow the leader and we'll figure it out. Well, and, I know with me, I was lucky to have the resources behind me. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have enough people to get the work done at the time. But, yeah, but, yeah we were cannon fodder, but yes. we got the job yes. done. Yeah. So, um, Jamie, your company, which is Polypay yes. in, based in California, give us a little bit of an overview on the steps you took to decide on the industry you wanted to, to mm. tackle um, it's a credit card processing company. Yes. Um, as that, as opposed to any other activity. So, tell us a little bit about PolyPay and sort of how sure. you decided to create. Sure. That. So, when I kind of finally made the decision in my mind that I was going to to do something on my own, which was a huge thought for me. My parents were shocked. They never. They thought this is Jamie's going to be. I was going to be that gold watch person, you know, I would be somewhere for 45 years and, and that was my plan because that was, you know, that is what my parents had done as well. And I thought, well, if you're going to go out there, I thought, what problem am I going to solve? Because I think that's a big thing with entrepreneurs now is that they get out there and they get, there's so much romanticizing out on Instagram and social media, you know, people with this uh, hashtag boss babe or, you know, things like that where there's these stylized photos of people just, you know, killing it supposedly. And I thought, okay, well, that's all well and good. But like, are these people really thinking about what process or service am I going to offer that somebody's going to have to exchange their hard-earned dollars for? So I thought long and hard. I thought, well, I know a bit about finance. I, I work well with people. Um, and so I you know, I kind of looked to my dad a little bit. He had been a banker, as I said, for many, many, many years for a bank that doesn't exist anymore, National Bank of Detroit. Um, and he was running the trust department for many years. And he had instilled this uh, strength and belief in me about, you know, be a fiduciary for someone. Be sure you take care of somebody. You know, if you ever work with someone's money, you need to take care of it. They've worked long and hard. He managed people's generational wealth. He goes, you have to respect that, uh, mm-hmm. how hard they've worked for that. I thought, well, what's something with that? And he actually, for a while, did actually work for MasterCard for a few years. So I knew a little bit about the credit card industry. He was sort of in operations for them. Um, so I thought, well, what do I, how do I put those two together? And I, as I looked into the industry more, again, still kind of had a tech, you know, had a consulting background, had a problem-solving background finally that I had honed. And I thought, well, what about the payment processing, the credit card industry? I thought, that sounds like a horrible industry. I mean, it, I, everywhere I read, there were just these bad actors. People, all I could read were bad reviews of people they felt taken advantage of. And I thought, well, how hard would it just be to go out there and be like, oh, I'm going to be the good person and just take mm-hmm. care of you and not rip you off and answer the phone? I thought, well, let's let's try that. So that's kind of how Polypay was born. That's interesting. And I love your, your quote saying, what problem are you going to solve? Because we have, from the career counseling side of me, always told our clients – 
you're getting hired by an employer because they have a problem and you're going to solve it. So you have to think in terms of a resume that shows yes. that you're going to solve their problems. Yes. But I hadn't thought of it from a perspective of starting a business. Yes. And I just, I think so many people, and it's a crowded industry. My industry is very crowded. There's a lot of very big operators, a lot of mid-size operators. There's operators that are my size as well. But I think it's just very much at the end of the day how you're taking care of. Mm-hmm. Like everyone says, well, how is it, you know, how are you any different than others? And th- this is literally a business where it's a half a penny sometimes gets you a a, co- a contract because it depends on if they have 50,000 transactions going on. It's amazing how much a half a penny can add right. up at the same time. Right. So the numbers never lie. That's one thing. But it sounds trite. But the big thing is the customer support, the actually being honest and not raising rates and, and being there when they, you know, being on the other side of the phone. I mean, it, I know it sounds trite, but that's what that's what to this day has kept us have, having our first customer still almost right. 10 years later. But but it's also where a lot of people try to entice folks to to create their own business. There's a lot of um, counselors out there who want to make sure that you get your start in doing a business. and But they it's always, I've always heard it where, what is your interest? What is your passion? Mm-hmm. So it's very much a individual perspective. What, what do I want to do? It, I've never heard it in terms of creating a company where you're really thinking of, the problem that your clients have mm-hmm. that you can solve. So it's it's really a different perspective mm-hmm. that I think is is kind of key and could be um, advantageous to an individual who wants to create a business. They right. could if they you know to see it from both sides. Yeah, you want to be interested. I mean, if if you're not interested. You're you're not gonna stick yes. with it. Yeah, and like they say, if you love what you do, you're not gonna you're not gonna not work. Really working, right? Right. right. But, and right. I think if you like being a problem solver, which I did from being, cons- <laughs> I think honing that from consulting and whatnot, you're right. You have to tackle X number of tasks, and I thought I just like solving problems, and this this work and this business is like tackling problems for customers every day, and they, they I love it. every no day is is the same as the you know right. the previous, which is what I love too. Well, small businesses are at risk nearly every day, and the rate of success is so low i I, that's where i'm kind of coming from like Mm -hmm. how do we make people more successful and boy from the very get-go really thinking about what you're creating is so important and i think people i think people it it makes it look so easy i think especially in terms of the pandemic as well which i think is great about the u.s i mean there's a lot of people even i have a lot of friends i've met that literally through the pandemic you know they decided midway you know like i'm done i'm going to start my own business i thought god give them credit i you know mm-hmm. at least i started my business in a pretty decent economy at the time and i thought well god more power to you but I, that's what i love about the us and the midwest in general i mean this is people seem to forget that you know they look at the coasts i think and they don't realize all of everything that's in the middle of this country mm-hmm. how many small businesses there are how many multi-generational businesses there are there's so much to learn from people like that so i think i just want entrepreneurs to think about the fact that you know you have to really be serious about you know just cuz it looks cool or it's neat and you think it looks easy i mean it's right. never gonna, it's going to be uglier more days than it is at, you right. know at the beginning right. and I, again you have to figure out how someone you know i'm fortunate in my business my goal is to actually save you money every every month so they shouldn't be putting out any money with us so we have a unique offering in that sense but in the more traditional sense for entrepreneurs you really have to think about how is someone, why is someone going to pick you? And I didn't have any sales for a few months and I was really scared. And I thought, why aren't they going with me? And I'm like, Jamie, why would they go with you? Mm-hmm. You've been around literally, 
you're like a, a fetus. A nanosecond. Yeah, you've been around, you're like a fetus. You're not even walking right now. You're still floating in the gestational period here. Like, why would they pick you? And it's like, oh, okay, let's think about your peers who have been in the industry 60 years, 50 right. years. You know, why the hell would they not? So it was a reality check for yeah. a few months. I had yeah. to realize, all right, I have really got to convince somebody you know, it's kind of like that parent that says their kid is the best looking kid and they're smartest and the nice. And I thought, but I'm the best. And you no, that's not realistic, <laughs> Jamie. So it was humbling. And then you have to really start to turn around and say, you have to put yourself in the face, in the, in the boots of the customer and go, right. why would they pick you versus another 50 of you down the road? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. You decided to start your own business and you knew what you could create and be successful. Um, there had to be surprises, challenges. Um, on top of you deciding to grow the business in Ohio and in other states, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Coupled with, I mean, did you feel that being a female in the business world made it harder as well too? I mean, that's a lot to answer there, but yes, yes, uh, those bits and pieces of, yes. of those challenges. Yes, I, I, I think that we had a multitude of of challenges in our business. You typically, as a what they call a sales uh, independent sales office, you partner with another processing partner who actually helps you with the financial transactions mm-hmm. in the background between the bank and the and mm-hmm. your customer's bank. So we, you know, it was like a lot, a couple years of bad dating. We had a couple partners that we picked that I thought, well, they have a marquee name. Um, they sound trustworthy, but at the end of the day, I didn't like how they treated us. I didn't like how they treated or delivered for our customers. And I thought, I want somebody whose mission is going to align with ours about transparency and support. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of years were very difficult. We we went through a couple different processing partners. We finally settled on some great partners that we've had since 2016 who have the same focus and support and mission uh, to their operations. And I think we had a multitude of people that came and worked for us. They came and went very quickly, a lot of people um, who didn't seem to understand the whole you have to show up five days a week thing, um, <laughs> the you can't work remotely, um, I know I don't do cold calling, you can't sit at your desk at home and 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 make phone calls, you actually have to get out there and do that. No, you can't start working with me and two days later tell me you need two weeks off for Coachella uh, things like that. So there was definitely a, a there was a uh, a bit of a spinning door for you know about a year year and a half of people that that just didn't. I think they saw it as something else. Maybe they didn't understand sales. But I think we needed. I needed people that really believed in this, believed along. You know, aligned again. Another issue of aligning your goals for the company and the people you have. And now I'm so grateful. The past few years have been just a dream, and we've had the most amazing, wonderful people. I have a few people that have been with me eight years, seven years, and it's just been fantastic because I can tell that I I don't worry. As My joke is if I get hit by a bus, I know they can be out there representing Polypay. And I'm not going to worry about it because they, they hold our standard high and, and they represent us well. So we have to give them a shout out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there you absolutely. Go. Yes. No, I, I love I love all of them very much. Ross and Ryan and, and Doug and all of those great people that, that work for me. So it's it's been fantastic. But that was difficult. Yeah. And I think the, the the if I'm addressing kind of the, the women aspect, uh, Brad, I definitely would say this is an industry, especially with very few females in it. I was going to ask very, very that, few females. I don't know the players at all, but yes. you can hear anybody talk about yes. this field. So, I think. Wow. Um, I think. In the, and was this, that was that an advantage though? I think you know it was interesting. Could it it, 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 it was. It was definitely like what. And what the funny thing is, the playoff of my name. My name looks masculine. Okay. Uh, right. And the spelling because right. I right. was named after my dad. So it's funny you'd have interactions with people over email. 
And, you know, maybe they didn't look, I'm on the website, you can look at me, there I am. But sometimes they didn't look at that. You know, mm-hmm. I'd show up at a networking event and kind of there was initial, oh, I was like, surprise, you know, um, which was kind of fun. That was a little advantageous, but yeah, yeah. but there were just, there weren't a lot of, um, as I said, ISO owners like me. I mm-hmm. think years ago, I was one of eight entities like that in this payment processing space that were owned by a woman west of the Mississippi. So there was very, very few. And you do see some women that are in the sales capacity, but mm-hmm. I have, I, I've only seen a handful of women that have been in a, at least in a C-suite role or even like a president or something like that over the past 10 years. It's, mm-hmm. it's still, there is still a dearth of women in this industry, which I think is a shame because women are great salesmen, uh, salespeople, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, they're, but they're great salespeople and I think they just don't know that. And I have to be admit, honest, I have referral advocates that are women, but I don't have any full-time salespeople that are women. I've had, I've had a couple over the years, but they have, you have choose to move on for whatever reason, but... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and right. it's surprising. So I think sometimes people look at me and go, well, hypocrite. You know, and I go, I, I'm trying. I'm open to any. I'm a meritocracist. I believe in a meritocracy. So male, female, whatever it is, it's whoever is good for the job. But it would be great to see some more women in the industry for sure. I think right. it's getting better. It's getting better. It's good, right? So you're moving multi-state. Was that just you want to be closer to home as well too, or you know, you know that that's a jump. Yes, yes, yeah, no. that's east coast, west coast, middle of the, of the country. Yes, yes, feel to yes. this. And I, you know, so I had after leaving, you know, tech and consulting, I San Luis Obispo. Actually, I had family there, which was kind of middle of the middle of the state, and so I had I decided to start my business there because the town actually was a really great way to test it out. It's one of those small towns, and maybe you could even say, I mean, it's much smaller than Columbus. But I would say it's one of those towns where they're old school enough that if you do a good job, everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And if you do a bad job, everybody knows. So Mm -hmm. I thought, well, here's a way to test my net worth here to Mm -hmm. see to see if I if I can pull this off, then I must be doing okay. So we were there for many years. And then uh, through referrals or, or merchant referrals, uh, we grew to about you know 11 states as we're at right now. Oh. And about a year and a half ago, I thought, you know what, I want to go back to where my family is. So I had no more, my parents were deceased um, and they had been in California with me. And uh, the rest of my family is, is all in Cleveland, Indianapolis, um, Akron area. And I thought, you know what, I just want to go back and be closer to family. And I thought, well, I knew nothing of Columbus. I'd read about it. I thought, what a great town. It was growing. There were so many small businesses. There was always something to do. And I think probably secretly my family was pleased because they're like, all right, she's close, but she's not too close, right? (laughs) You know, like she's two hours away, but if she gets irritating, you know, she can go, you know, and I'm sure they think that, uh, for you know, for me, I'm sure. Safe zone. So it's a safe zone, you know, like you're family adjacent, right? Is that the phrase? Like you're not down the street, you know. I, I, you know, you have to really think hard, long and hard. If you want me to come, I'll come, you know, kind of thing. So I'm sure they appreciate the space uh, about that. But really, Brett, I just want to be closer to family. Yeah, and I thought, good. Good. I thought Columbus, uh, the more I visited a few times, I thought, what a great town. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this town has endless runway to it and the energy. And I have to be honest, and it's not a knock on California, uh, far more open people. I mean, uh, you know, sitting down and talking with people and tentatively, I, you know, I moved here about a year and a half ago and, and I finally started doing some networking really only about a year ago. It took me a while to really consider, oh, should I, you know, should this mm-hmm. be home only or should this actually mm-hmm. be another frontier for us? And I couldn't believe how open people were. It was almost like I thought it was a, like, where's the camera? 
because or what's the catch? Yes, yeah, because yeah. California, it's like you know, everyone's holding the walking down the side. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. You know, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And when I sat down and started going to chamber events or other things, and people genuinely asked, you know, well, so what do you do? And I was like, what you? you oh, 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 is this where I talk now? Okay, like I was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. You know, so it was that was very refreshing and very reinvigorating for me for my business as well. And I thought it was almost like getting to start over, but you knew all the tricks, you know, after 10 years yeah. of mistakes and issues, yeah. I felt like I got a do-over in the universe. I thought, "Oh, I can mm-hmm. I can start a whole new, you know, greenfield opportunity." But now I knew all the don't make this mistake, don't do that. It's like I had all the, you know, I had all the arrows in my quiver to make sure that I I I followed the right the right way to work with customers mm-hmm. for sure. You know, you know, I I I'm always I'm always amazed when we get into the podcast because we always Brett and I always say we always learn something new. And even though you and I have had conversations, I've gone through the questions and all, it's like this is a really complicated industry. Yes. Oh, yes. It, and, it is. and it's much bigger than I would have thought. I, you know, I figured there were like three companies out oh, there no. that do it. And oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yes, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. And people that only cater to certain industries or verticals. Right. <laughs> And fortunately, we touch we touch everything. But and that's also the problem being in this industry. It's like you never turn off your your light because it's like mm-hmm. wherever I go somewhere, I'm like, what are you using to take your car? It's like <laughs> right. you never turn off. And that's right. also a it's a, a business development problem for me because I every time I that's why thank God what's the line you hire people smarter than you to work for you. So thank right. God because they keep me in line because I'll come back in. I'm like, what about this? And I'm like, all right, Jane, we're already spread this thin. Let's. I'm like, what about this vertical or this vertical? And they're like, look, we know everyone takes cards. Let's just focus on like where we can be of best value. So they rein me back in, which I appreciate. So, yeah, I, I, we we need to meet your team. <laughs> they're they're amazing. I I, I adore I was, them. I'm very lucky, but I but, feel like I earned them. After it's like kissing you know too many frogs, and then I got a, a, a oh, bunch of it sounds as though you did. You, yeah, you went through I, I your bumps like and I, bruises yeah. to get them. No, yeah. that's yeah. that's good. But, yeah. no. but I was in the trenches for a while, yeah, and then I yeah sure, yeah. Sure. But it's also they sound like an incredible team, not just to keep you in line, but in terms of grabbing this industry i mean i'm yes. just i am fascinated as a nonprofit administrator um i was dealing with that credit card yes. stuff all the time luckily our computer person was really good at, at helping me work through that and before that i was with you know state service or the university i didn't have to worry about you don't have to worry about those no, issues no it's amazing no. and it's such a critical component of a, a, a any size business of small business. or not and and they right. just kind of gloss over right. it when they when they try and pick something. They're just right. like pick something and go, and then they don't realize they're in the quicksand. You know? Right, yeah. mm-hmm. right. Mm. So, okay, one of the hardest discussions is money. You know, we we have to always deal with how do you get the resources you need for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got this going, tell us what you discovered. Is it more difficult to get funding as a female-owned business, as a female business owner, um, were there funding issues because of the type of business you were creating? How do you secure those special loans? Did you have to do something um, like, you know, okay, my house is up for sale now. Right. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Here goes the car. Yeah, Here goes exactly. all the bad. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. I'm, I, well, I was fortunate. I had some savings set aside. So I had 
I had some things that I could work with. But, yeah, I was very, very tight to begin with. I had people that joined me were very much on commission. Um, I had to put a lot of my funding towards uh, registering the, the business with, like, MasterCard and Visa. You have to kind of do that to be certified. So that was a big cash outlay. Um, but, yeah, there were a lot of resources. There were some, you know, small business opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. some you, you didn't – I was lucky. Maybe it was back then um, – a little bit of the female aspect, the women aspect helped, but also I think being in a smaller town, um, they right. were very much receptive to having somebody being in their small town that was going to start a business that was because there weren't very many in that in that city. It was very much agricultural, very much tourism. So they were like, "Wow, you know, oh, a tech finance company that wants to be here." So they were very amenable mm-hmm. to helping me as right. well to get started um, and to put a foundation in, in 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 you know to start the business with. So I I, I felt like I was pretty fortunate. It was a bit arduous. You had to trade a lot of information. You kind of had to tap dance. And, you know, it was like a talent show. Right. You know, it's like who's going to you who's going to be the loudest, who's going to stand up the most. And that's that's who walked away with funding and whatnot. Well, and that listeners too. don't forget that we always put a list of resources in our show notes for each of our podcasts. And we're going to include some of that information because Ohio does have some really good um, groups that are uh, here at your need to help you start your own business and um, the state of Ohio's small business development centers that those services are free um, and they have the information on how to get financing. So it, you need to do your homework, yes. know what you're doing, um, but utilize the resources that we have in our community. And I think the I've been fortunate to meet with the Ohio Women's Coalition, right? Um, and they are amazing. They right off the bat, I think they got uh, in their less than the first year. They I think they got eight million in funding from the from the governor for right. for women's businesses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's amazing. I think that's uh, that was one of my first entry points here. I thought, wow, these are there are some go getters here. I thought, right. wow, mm-hmm. yes, right, yes, right. All right. Our podcast focuses on the success of those fifteen over. So when you look back on your own journey as a small business owner, did you see issues arise due to age, you know, not aging you, but, you know, your age, whatever it was at the time you felt pushback or success or, you know, too young or too old? Did you see ageism, I guess you could say, one way or the other? I think, I, I think too, being a bit older when I uh, – definitely when I started my business and I thought let's hire people right out of the, the gate, you know, college college students, recent graduates. I think that, again, and I don't want to hit out on a generation versus a generation thing, but that's where I ran into those issues with people that just sort of didn't understand what I felt was the traditional expectation and work, again, about five days at work and, like, we have to dress professionally and, you know, yes, you have to – you got to work a while before you ask for days off. So there was a little bit of confusion there for me about, I, you know, I thought, I know I'm older, but how much there, I, I, thought, I just thought there were some universal truths to starting a business that I thought were still, um, still, mm-hmm. still were across the board for all generations. And apparently I was a little bit, I was a little well, bit surprised you in know, that. And some of that could have been just the mindset that, hey, this is my business. Right. I'm putting in the time. I yeah. expect you to do at least expecting five days. I think there is that mindset too, that if you don't own the business and you're working for someone, Mm -hmm. you're going to, not everyone, but you're going to try to pull as much as you can. Right. She's going to give me four days out of five. Yeah. I get my fifth day. Yes. I I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, there's a totally different mindset when you own the business. Yes. I I think that too. And I think I'd say another kind of maybe, uh, and and finally I'm getting hip with the social media and all of this. (laughs) I am so... Such a Luddite with this. And thank God to Renee, wherever you are listening, she has brought us into that. You can literally tell in our Instagram, like, 
when <laughs> like loser Jamie was attempting to try to do this, and then Renee came on. They're like, "Wow, this look went utter crap to like branded and beautiful and colors and logo was here and like there was animation and I was just like I didn't know how to like how do you repost something. I was like I had no clue what was happening. So still to this day, I mean, unfortunately, that my team laughs at me. Here I am. I've been running a payment processing company for almost 10 years. I just started using Apple, Apple Pay like six six months ago, like mm-hmm. the tap to pay. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, we've offered this for years. I'm like, I know, but I like, I still like to take my card out. And they're like, exactly. oh. I'm the old lady that literally still goes to the bank and gets cash at the counter. Oh. Like, I don't have an ATM card. At least I have that. No, I have that. Oh, thanks, Carol. I, I, I felt you and that. I, you I and felt I, that. That you hurt. And I, you and I don't. I've never really <laughs> got into ATM cards. Thank I you. Guess really? I just haven't. I am literally I, that know, old lady that was I, like, I would yeah. like $200, and the woman at the counter rolls her eyes and is like, we have an ATM. I'm like, do you have something? You're here. I'm here. Yeah, the You've line clocked up, in, right? Yeah, the I line mean, up behind me. Wait a minute. Is there, there no is money? no line up behind is, me. Is there yeah. no money back there, or is it only in the ATM? I'm like, I just... Here's my card. I know. So, no, I, see, so I, am a, I, I think I'm a Luddite in, the, in that aspect, and so they love to tease me about that. They're like, you know, we've offered contactless for literally like five years, and, and they literally, before I went to an, on a, a trip, my one of my first vacations in years... They had to show me. They're like, are you going to download this? And they're like, don't tell anyone. Like, And now I'm obsessed with it. Now I'm like, bah, bah, bah. well, that's a bad thing, too. It's just Now it's so easy to buy stuff. I'm like, sure, ping, 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 ping. And you're like, oh, Amex, when See, you look you at know, it. ATMs to me are magic. It's it's like... <laughs> like I, there's a fairy tale creature back there exactly. just going here. And it's free money. Yeah. I don't have to do anything for it. Yeah, my, my, my mom was... We need was, to delve yeah. into that statement there, Carol, wow. too. I don't... I don't I don't know. Don't didn't have to do anything for it. <laughs> I just put my card in. It just pops out. It's magic. But all that hard work you got to put it into the magical that's box to then the take it out. Yeah, that's that's beside the point. Know, that the little fairy tale creature, but, you know, but, like like Tinkerbell's back there and there's just some you know, like some dust comes out with your twenties. <laughs> exactly. so, have so, a wonderful day. So my my joke in college. The fifth third had the genie machines. I don't know if they're still called. Oh, genie yeah, right now, I remember oh, that. No, you know. I'm not sure. What is this? And, and 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 so fifth third's ATM were called genie, and I, it wasn't the genie in the bottle or anything like that. But it was just the I don't no idea why, but I would always could have been. It could have been. I don't know. I don't recall. But I recall just saying, "Yeah, I got to go tickle genie for some money." <laughs> wow! Whoa! Oh, this man. was prior. To- and everybody's looking at me one. That's a great idea. <laughs> so this, that, this became one of those. This yeah, just yeah. became one of those podcasts after dark kind of <laughs> things. I think. I think. This I just told you we'd have fun. What's uh, the rating on this right now? Wait a minute. This is this going to have one of those little E's on it? Yeah, is there going to be a little E on it next to it? When you know, please click. You are old enough to listen to this podcast. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I love gracious. that. I love yeah, that phrase though, yeah, Brett. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Because that was, I don't know, remember what it was called. Remember you had the um, vacuum tubes at the ATM. Remember where you drop off? Some yeah. some banks still have those. Oh, yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, the, the branch of the credit union that I use, they've got it. And it, my sons never saw that before. And he's, you know, freshman in college right now. And we go to the drive-thru during COVID, yeah, you yeah. know. He goes, that's cool. <laughs> I said, I know. <laughs> It's like those tubes with the, is there a hamster in there or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or you see, you go into the old uh, stores that have not been rehabbed totally and you see the tubes still exist. Yes, yes. 
you know, yes. in old, old buildings. You one don't of, see them all that often, but it's it's like, that was cool. Uh, yeah. One of our local banks built a new branch close to my house. And it the way it, the property was situated, the ATM and the um, drive-through couldn't be close to the building. It's oh, away. Okay. Oh, yeah. So okay. they built the pneumatic, mm-hmm. pneumatic tubes mm-hmm. underground. Ooh. So the first time I go through... It got stuck. Of course. Oh, so no. I'm like, oh, oh, this isn't going to work, is it? So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of a weird situation. It took me a while to go back and use that service. And that I fairy and Tinkerbell suffocated. <laughs> that was probably. <laughs> did, did, they have to fire, did they have to fire hose water it out? <laughs> I have blow it out? No clue. It, <laughs> oh. was, it wasn't me. It was the person in front of me. So luckily. You or know, I'm was, thinking of almost why is everything a movie reference for me? But like uh, Willy Wonka when, you know, he, yeah. the kid gets stuck in the tube of chocolate. <laughs> like <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, oh no. my gosh. Right. Yes. Well, yes. We'll, so, we'll raise the, let's raise yeah, the, yeah, the. We brought, we brought it back yeah, up to the sheet already. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> we have to, we have to go we'll back. We'll raise the bar here. Uh, All right. I'm sorry. Okay. So, okay. Listeners, we are back on track yes, now after yes. a little. I think so. Fingers crossed. So. Okay, Jamie, in, in our discussions with o- other owners that we've talked to on on our podcast, um, we always want to know how the business is doing. Are you seeing growth? Do you how do you manage and plan for that growth? I think that's the bigger question. Yes, yes. I we've been very fortunate. We were always kind of you know growing by you know tips and you know dribs and drabs. But I'd say actually, what's amazing to me is. It, t- during the pandemic, we had an um, an immense growth, which we were prepared. You know, we were lucky enough to stay open because we were kind of considered a very, you know, relevant, important thing being a financial services business. So we were never had it. You know, we always were able to be in our office. We had to be able to have to go out in the field with to take care of customers if there was a terminal mm-hmm. issue. So we were fortunate enough to be up and running. But I, what I couldn't believe was we were bracing ourselves for businesses to collapse right. in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I don't I think we were fortunate we lost maybe, geez, only two or three businesses of oh, ours that's went wonderful. down, you know, had to close. So so what business categories are you must have not had very many restaurants then? I had a lot. Really? It's one survived. of our biggest. It, okay. It's amazing Which I would think it would be, of course. Oh, yeah. But, but it, it's amazing But they to survived, me. which is great. And it okay. was very much, it was because, you know, I would say a majority of them, they were multi-generational or they okay. were family owned. And they just, and that's again, this American ingenuity that I love. They figured it out. Mm-hmm. They were, what do we have to do? I mean, they were bringing in family members that were working for free. They were bringing in retired family members. They were figuring out this curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. They were out there, you know, and we would help them. They'd get a mobile thing or something. Something they do, mm-hmm. they switched and put a menu online so people could order and pick up, you know, and just drive up. I mean, they figured out anyway. They they shared space with other restaurants, so they all had one kitchen or something like that. I mean, they just figured it out. I was blown away. And I, what I loved was more than ever at that point, businesses are like, all right, we're in a we're in a crux here. The, you know, the world, as I said, had to kind of stop spinning on its axis. And it, I couldn't believe how many businesses had the the foresight to say. I'm going to revisit who I'm using. I'm going to figure out how to save money. I'm going to find out if there's new offerings. I'm going to find somebody else who maybe can partner with us. So we had quite an explosion Amongst over the pandemic. all that chaos. That's amazing. They had that, they that, did. that thought. I mean, and we wow. would do a bit of our, you know, here I am with my lack of social media. I mean, we would do outreach. We would do articles. We would say, hey, please come and talk to us. And we definitely got business from that. But I think it was also fortunate enough that current customers were telling other fellow businesses 
hey, you know, if you're looking, when anyone was looking to save a dime anywhere, you know, like, hey, you can't go wrong. Go talk to Polypay. Figure out if they can mm. if they can work with something mm-hmm. for you. So we had an, a true explosion over the pandemic, which was definitely not expected. We were bracing for worst of the worst, trying to work with other customers and, you know, see if we could cut rates or fees. And, and, and we did, in fact, our partners did that. And then we, in turn, did that uh, for a while just so people could kind mm-hmm. of, you know, save whatever they could. But so, yeah, it, it was amazing period of growth for us, truly. Yeah. There truly. there really are some silver linings coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. um, not health-wise, but business-wise. Um, so hopefully this is going to help us turn around Actually, maybe that's what's led us into the to our inflationary issues. Yes. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Too credit, much of a good credit, thing. Credit cards have been just, oh. you know, they've been going pretty much wild. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's and it's a shame. I think, I, what did I read? You know, millennials, I think, on average, they have about $400 in savings, and that's literally it. Ooh. And mm-hmm. I just, I, that's wow. such a tight line to walk. I don't know how people can right. operate that way. Right. But, but it's also the other, the other um, issue of... When you were talking about the ATM machines, millennials don't use cash. No, it's they, all right. it's no. all card. Yeah. Um, somebody was telling me they were in line behind behind someone who, and their the charge on their credit card was less than a dollar. You know, oh, and, it, and, and it took forever to make that happen. Um, but you know, that's and see, I again, I think I'm strange. I I have my note. I I like paper. I like writing, and I have I have cash, and that's again my team drives them nuts. I don't use Venmo or any of those mm-hmm. other things, and mm-hmm. they and they do that back and forth. You know, oh, we bought you a sandwich, this that, and it drives them nuts because every time they'll buy a sandwich for me if they're out or running out, and I'll give them cash and like. God, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm like, I don't know. Go to a strip club with it. I mean, there's, here's your one. And she brought it back yeah, down to PG-13. I think we're going down farther at this I, point. I, you know, I'm nothing if not consistent. Exactly. Right? So I love it. Yes. But I mean, yeah. they, they don't know what to do with it. And yes. they, they see wow. it as a burden. And yeah. I just, yeah. I, th- I see it anytime anybody gives me cash. I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, like it's just, right. there's that tangibility yeah. to me. Because as much as I love credit cards and obviously I tout them, to me, it's ether. It's it's yeah. yes, it's attached to like you said the money that you have to had to do very little to get. But to me, at the end of the day, I just like that tactile right. component of yeah. it. Right, you know, yeah. And I like those one dollar bills flat and all going in the same direction. And I do that too. Yeah. And a weird thing when I was younger, my dad used to have old style like a money clip with his initials on it that I have now, and he used to have like a set of ones for like tips or something mm-hmm. if something. And my job was every weekend any ones he had that were newer, I had to iron them. Oh my god! I ironed them and I pressed them and I actually used starch on them in half. So that they went in perfectly into his money. Club. Interesting. Did you ever yes. burn one? Hmm? No, you... thank God. I don't know what. <laughs> he'd probably chase me out of the house. No, I don't know. I was in here. I was, literally, I was like six years old. I had like one of those mini ironing boards. There I was like that. I loved it. That was my job. Handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs on Sundays, it. and his dollar bills. I ironed in, in half. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> Very... Now I wonder. I wonder if he came up with that just to give you a task. No, I, I maybe maybe it was. I mean, he was very much a cleanliness person, so I think he just. In, to this day, I love to iron. Friends call me; they're like, "Will you iron this?" I'm like, "Sure, I love ironing. Iron sheets, pillowcases." Oh my god, don't yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that just in, he knew that would instill a good skill in me. I Could don't be. know. Yes. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Could be. I think he was just being fussy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but it's a great memory. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's very visual. I can still see myself there. 
you know, I, want, I thought it was so cool. I want so you to cool. tell Madeline about yeah. that. Oh it was so cool. I thought, here I was. Well, yeah. and the friends look at me when they, they're like, what? They're like, okay. Uh, Good for hey, you. Yep, okay. Oh, there you go. Wild Sunday. Here I am. Oh. You know, well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we all got together at a special event for women in Central Ohio um, here this past summer. It was a great networking opportunity for everyone. Tell us how does networking support you in building your company? You talked about it a little bit ago, um, but I wanted to enhance that a little bit. And do you have ideas for listeners on how to use your network? I mean, all of us are excited about what we do. We could talk about it ad nauseum, but the person you're talking to may not care at all. No, no. And, that, and that's part of networking is to kind of read faces, yes. <laughs> body language. Yeah, read the room. Yes. So you can network efficiently. Yes. What have you seen Yes. that works for you? And it was really difficult for me. I'm actually at my core a intense introvert, intense mm-hmm. introvert, Um I don't know, based on all my other comments, doesn't sound like it, but I very much I am one of those people. But I do get my energy from being around other people, right. which I love. So I don't know what hybrid that makes me necessarily. But when I first started out, I thought, well, you know, what do I do? You know, I just started looking for, th- you know, chambers. I started yeah. looking for women's associations. I started to look for, and I just, you know, I had to push my wallflower self out there. And a couple of first- draining at the end of the day, oh, isn't it? God. Oh my gosh, yeah. You I still to this day, I, now I can understand when my dad came home from work like on Fridays and he was just like he, he didn't want me to answer the phone he's like don't answer the phone yeah. I'm, like, I'm like what do you mean he's like I, I thought well, dad that sounds grumpy now I get it it's like yep. I get in the car I'm like I'm not someone's like where do you want to go to dinner I go I don't I'm not making any more decisions today right right you right. pick you right. know but I think you have to get I mean you have to get out there the first few events I went to I just absolutely was glued to the wall like I was at high school dance or something mm-hmm. like that I just I, I could not do it but you have to make yourself just sit there and listen and I literally talk to anybody. And my, my joke was, you go to an opening of an envelope. I mean, just go. Because <laughs> you literally don't know. I have met yeah. so many people that I thought I had an idea who I was going to meet at that event. And turns out it was someone else there who was in a completely different industry that happened to know somebody else that would be of, of assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like you, Miss Carol. Mm-hmm. I mean, we right. just connected as well. And then you were teaching me all about the nonprofit world that I had, you know, that I was so desperate to learn about. And again, this is just another beautiful example. I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have probably 20 or 30 experiences over the past right. few years of something like that. And I think people look at a certain event and, oh, it's not worth it or it's not, you know, why, you know, what's the point? And some of them are certainly better than others. Sure. I think it all depends on, you know, like a David or someone for the chamber mm-hmm. who is, however you package the event, I think mm-hmm. it has to be very specifically, it's always tied to the spirit of the head of those those groups. And right. if those people right. aren't engaged themselves, and I've run into some events, and actually, unfortunately, I will say a majority of the women's networking events that I have been into actually in the California side are ve- very much lacking severely, hmm. um, where it almost feels like it's just a ladies who lunch experience. Oh, goodness. And I and, and I just feel like, I don't, you know, I'm giving yeah. you an hour and a half. I've given you $25 for my chicken salad. Um, can I please network? Can I please exchange cards? And I think a lot of people that go to those think it's just sort of a safe space. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that, but I, I don't want to feel bad giving you my card. And, I, and going back to the male versus female thing, Brett, when I go to a mostly men's networking event, cards are flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. People are talking. People are exchanging. What can I do? Who do you know? You know, Can I help you? Can you help me? And unfortunately, I feel like it's still the way with the women. It's like, ooh, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk. Why are you here? I mean, it's, mm. you know, it's, 
I appreciate you're here for lunch. And sometimes they have great speakers and things like that. But I just don't understand. I, it's still very – it's much better in Columbus. There's some really great women's groups right. here that have blown yeah, yeah. all the other things I have found nationally out of the water. So I consider myself very lucky to have gotten into this environment. But I would have to say on a whole, a lot of the women's networking groups nationally really still lack. Interesting. And maybe, and yeah. maybe I'm just being more – maybe because I'm older in the business now, it's just more evident to me being in, as an entrepreneur – but I just think you have an hour and a half to do this. Like I literally set goals for myself. I'm going to walk away with four cards. Right. I'm going to do right. this. Yeah, um, you do. And, you and have women to do that. and women just. I feel like women just sort of sit there and and they look at their phone and and that was well. You know, you know that that's one thing. Hmm. When I would teach networking workshops, yes, I would always say the best networkers were the best listeners. Yes. you can't go into a networking event and have your mind someplace else. No, no, you know, on your phone or whatever. That's not going to do you any good. Especially if it's just. I mean, the the expo was fortunate. That was an all day thing, which is one. So you could take your time warming up yes. to right. the event. Yes. But how often do those come across? I mean, right. usually they're an hour and a half lunch. People have just got about just enough time to go in and do what they want to do, right. and I just find like or an after hours event that yeah. if you're late, you miss out. If you, yeah. you know, or they're, even they're sometimes difficult. you're not bringing your best self forward. To, you're exhausted. I mean, people right. are exhausted. Yeah. You know right. exactly. Oh, yeah. Maybe they don't want to talk, but I, I at least fortunate. Yeah. I feel like I'm at that point in my life where you can't insult me because I'll just be. I'll walk right up to you. Card. Hi. What do you do? You know, mm-hmm. maybe, and that's okay. You can, literally, you tell me to take a hike. I get it, but I uh, tell me about you because I don't know. I, I'm still at that what? point in my life right. where I almost want to start that, or I feel like I have started that mentoring aspect. And it's like, well, maybe I can help you. You know, don't knock me to the side. Let me see mm-hmm. if I can help you because I knew right. if I was that person, I would say, oh, please. You know, here's my card. Can I give you five minutes Reader's Digest version of what I'm looking right. for? You know, you know, and and for for those of uh, those listeners out there who are sitting there saying. Well, they sound like they could go and talk to anybody because mm-hmm. I'm I'm an introvert also, mm-hmm. but I'm also inherently nosy. <laughs> and so I like to network to hear what other people yes. are doing and, yes. and to make those connections. But also, if you're having difficulty breaking through into networking, um, bring somebody with you. Yes. So bring a buddy with you. Uh, we would have job fairs and I would literally watch somebody walk in, look at all of those employers and it, that it's really a networking event. That's what you're doing at a job fair is trying to find who has jobs that match your skills. But you can, I would watch people walk out. They would be scared to death. Yes. And so you just, you know, you grab hold of them and go and introduce them to the first employer and then they're okay. Yeah. But you ha- just bring somebody or come up with a strategy and a goal. Right. All right. And uh, I'm like you. Uh, I really am an introvert. Yeah. Though I think most people kind of go, you're really insane. It pushes me. I'm, yes. I'm now yeah. used to that push. I really am. Um, but I went to an after-hours event a couple weeks ago, and I just wasn't there. I mean, you right. know, mentally, it's like, okay, stop yeah. by. Did a couple of things. I actually walked away, but I saw somebody I knew that I hadn't talked to in a while. I wanted to reconnect on a project that, that they potentially mm-hmm. wanted to do with me. It's like, turn around, Brett. Turn around. At least say something to them. because You need to catch up on their timetable, commiserate with them, empathize. They're putting out a book. Yes. And yes. – I didn't realize there was such a paper shortage that, you know, those that are publishing books are on a huge delay, months mm-hmm. delay because mm-hmm. of paper. Mm-hmm. So that was my in yeah. is to ask, hey, how is that going? Mm-hmm. You know, and just that empathy question kind of yes. thing. Walked away, felt very good. It's like, okay, right. You did the right thing. You stayed five more minutes, right. even and, though you just yeah. weren't feeling it. And you it. made a touch point. You made a touch point. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really it is. is. I have some days where I'm like, I just want, I'll stay in my house. 
Yeah. I'm like, no, come on, Jamie, you need to go out. Because I, now, right. I, I still, to the extreme of that, I think about my dad towards the ends of his life. And he goes, I remember I still have his Rolodex, which I'm I'm sold. I use my own Rolodex. I love Rolodex. Uh, but, you know, it. Ha- I remember counting. He had over 6,000 cards mm. in his Rolodex. And I wow. loved his line at the end of his life. I'm like, Dad, do you know, do you want to do you want to go to me, go with me to this event or something? like? He goes, you know what? I don't want to know any more people. <laughs> and I go, you know what? I don't blame you. He was he was mid 70s oh, wow. and he'd been working his I whole just- life. And I think I, I think eventually I hope yeah. I maybe I'll get to that point kind of yeah. point. But I thought. That he was a master networker, and I thought if that man says that, that's when you know you've. So I know I'm not there yet. So yeah, I know I I've got, I've got 6, runway 000. ahead. I I think I finally got rid of my Rolodex only because I couldn't find the right size cards, you know, to put in it. But I'll I, let but you I, know I've got I, backups. If well, you like, I, so. mine's in an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, so I have both. Still, I do yeah. both. I yeah, live in both so, worlds. Yes. Yeah, because I have to be able to to print out those mailing labels for Christmas cards. Yes, so. yes. thank you. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's so, true. So, Jamie, um, you and I are are the same on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you're saying your folks have helped your Instagram oh, immensely. Yeah. Well, my question to Brett is, what is Instagram? <laughs> it's it's really and I, good. My answer is, you don't need to go there. Yes, <laughs> you yes, really, really yes. don't. It doesn't make any difference. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what a Snapchat is. Oh. I don't. I haven't gone near this TikTok thing. I don't. Who has this time? I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I, I know yeah. I'm old. I show. I still read the paper every day. Physically read right. the paper. I, I so I can't understand all of this online stuff. And, and we're watching still somebody successful. dance or something. I yeah. go, what is this? What's yeah. happening? You know, we we are successful at our business, even if we're not doing right. nonstop social media. But social yeah. media has changed our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to make yourself. You have to get out there. I, yeah. I don't like it, but it is. It does, and it does. Unfortunately, as much as I won't want to admit it, it does work. We do. We get people, we get customers because of that. So it's like, all right, I can't knock that. So that's my question to you. Which ones work? Which ones are you not seeing working as well for you or for new businesses, small businesses? Um, When you you hired somebody, Mm -hmm. at what point did you realize, oh my gosh, I have got to get somebody in here who knows this? Yeah. So I was, I was, uh, we had always had a great website. We were always updating it. I was very much here, the English major in me. I was doing articles, I was writing things and kind of fun, tongue in cheek spins on the industry or, you know, we alternated between serious stuff and fun stuff and we were trying to post things. And I thought, yeah, that's good. It's just, but people, again, this is an industry, this is a world where people just don't have attention span anymore. So you just have to expect that people aren't willing to read a one-page article. Mm -hmm. And I go, okay, I have to figure that out. Uh, And, you know, we could just see we were watching our statistics and we could just see, oh, people were only looking at X and Y and Z. And and we were even looking around at very traditional businesses around us. Even our customers, I was like, God, they have Instagram and they're posting. I was like, and I know they're, gosh, they're older than me and they're and they're doing this stuff. So I thought, okay, we have to figure this out. So we, you know, we were we were hamstrung and doing it ourselves, Carol, like, you know, every other month. My God, we thought it was great. We were posting something. And now, thanks to Renee. Uh, like I'll make sure I'll take pictures from today so that I can we can post mm-hmm. stuff and like she she makes sure we do two posts a week two stories I was like I don't even know what that is okay you know she just tells mm-hmm. me take pictures I'm like okay you know and we'll come mm-hmm. up with the thing so I, I I didn't realize how powerful it was but you have to be out there because you're quickly forgotten now it's like the attention span is so short now. Uh, and in an industry like ours, it's, you know, it, it's exciting to me, but I'm sure, you know, people would be half asleep if you're talking about payment processing. So you have to be funny about it, too, right? And quirky and, you know, mixing helpful with also right. 
doing trends and silly things and things like that. So I think Instagram works well. I think you have to have a really good, robust website, which I think we do. And I think Facebook is on the way out. I think it's it's uh, it, it, it I think it's getting to be a bit of a stagnant platform. Mm-hmm. It's more Are of you, a share photos with your family kind of platform versus right. um, you know an ever changing landscape. Are you getting right. any mileage out of LinkedIn? You know, no, we're not. I you know, and I get people ask me that a lot, and I thought, am I doing something wrong? Because it's almost like everybody has to have a LinkedIn. It's like it's almost like everyone has to have a driver's license or something. Like everybody, I told, oh, I have a LinkedIn. Initially, the first year we posted some things on there, but we just and truly, our our, our follower base hasn't grown. Um, but I noticed, like, I come up in a lot of searches now, so I don't know if that does us any good. Um, but no, we haven't posted in a very, very long time. I almost see LinkedIn um, becoming more of a research tool as opposed to an advertising tool. If I meet somebody, sure, the sure. first thing I'm doing is checking them on, on yes, LinkedIn I think it's just to get the their CV. background. Yeah, it's yeah. like looking at yeah. someone's CV. That's that's yeah. how I use it. But which, actually, which is valuable in itself. It is. It's fine. It is. Yes. So it may not be growing business per se, but it is growing awareness of who you are and, and what you I do. And I would like to admit that this is my shortcoming, but I use it as a, if I haven't seen someone in a while, I go, what do they look like? Yes. I yeah. got to sure. go, I gotta, yeah. I gotta go sure. back and look Absolutely. at it. Or if they don't have a photo, I'm like, oh, damn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but but as we talked about net, with the networking piece, that's your step in going, okay, I now know who she, yes. he looks like. Yes. I'll feel more comfortable going, are you Joe? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, got to meet somebody for coffee and going, I really want to know who this person is. So yes. You're asking five people yes. as there's everybody sitting solo at a table going, Joe? Yes. Joe? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. Yeah. talk about that's right. an embarrassing moment. Right. That, that, you, you know, know, and it's not so, like yeah. you're dating where you're, you know, you're supposed to meet the woman that has the rose in the book or something like sitting there. Like <laughs> oh, there's no, goodness, yeah. there's no overt signals for who you're yeah. supposed right. to look for. Well, but, it, but, and you find a lot of interaction point. Oh, they went to a school. That right. you went to, yes. or, right. you know, there's someone yeah. they follow that yeah. you like that you follow as right. well. Exactly. So there's right. some oh, yeah. the woolly points, as they call, that kind right. of connect people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So you talked a lot about social media. It sounds as though you're doing a lot of branding mm-hmm. and, and utilization of social media. Is that helping with recruiting and finding employees, vendors and such that you're uh, that you're getting that feel good that uh, I want to work with you because oh, I'm yes. seeing that? Yes. I think, you know, it's funny when it comes to kind of our permanent staff, uh, the gentleman that just most recently joined us in California, it was ironic. He had worked in the building behind us for like nine years. And he, you know, we had been at this building for about five years and he finally uh, sent me an email through our inbox, and he was looking to leave his job. But I, we would see him. He would walk around the building. You know, he was very active. And, like, during lunch, he'd walk around the building, and we'd see him. And I, it was finally – finally, I started noticing that he was walking around the building, and he reached out to us. And he's like, I want to know what you do. I've seen your website. Like, I'm looking to do something else. So I think for the more senior or the, the, the full-time people we have, Brett, you know, it, I'm very much – I have to see you, touch you – you know, I, I'm not mm-hmm. I can't do kind of that employment dating thing where there's sort of like an indeed dot com. I did in the right. beginning. And I think that led to a lot of people that were just talking to you and then just that you were one of 50, you know, that they were talking to. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to find our team based on, you know, somebody who knows us, who, you know, there's there's right. sort of that six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. Aspect yes. Of it. It's but you're, you're so you're a known entity. I think whereas the platform and our social media and getting our presence out there, that's where we're really growing our referral advocate team 
because it can be, you know, they don't have to give us a huge commitment because that's typically they're just uh, doing something part-time for us or they're just doing referrals and sending us leads. So I think everybody's comfortable in that relationship because it's not a uh, full-time commitment. They can kind of be wherever they want to be. We have them all over the U.S. So that's where I think our social media and um, our online presence is really growing that program for us. But when it comes to our core team, like the people here or the people in in California, Somehow I had to have I have to have one or two nice touch points with those people before before they mm-hmm. can kind of come through the gate and chat with us. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So we told Jamie we were gonna have fun today and we were gonna just have a conversation, yeah. which has been been wonderful. Um, one of the things we always do is to ask our guests for their last words of wisdom. Mm. Um, things that maybe we didn't talk about or something to reiterate the audience. Um, wants to know what it's like to be a small business owner out there. Or tips mm-hmm. on ironing dollar bills. Yeah. I think we could explore that a little bit more. Starch, <laughs> yeah. Starch is important, let me say. I might always suggest uh, Rowenta. Rowenta iron. It's it's pricey but worth it. It's okay. like the it's like the Cadillac of irons. And I prefer faultless starch. Uh, not a fan of Niagara. Okay. Um, prefer faultless, yes. Okay. Yeah, just so you know. So that's I, that's my I, ironing tips of the day. I have yes. a I have a great ironing tip. And less, we won't I, even less get starch it. is more. Less starch is <laughs> more. I think people saturate too much. And okay. make sure that your plate is very clean, the ironing plate. You know, okay. A lot of people leave some water stains, things like that. So <laughs> hopefully I've added some value there. There you go. <laughs> I told you Brett's a great we have, editor. We have never <laughs> had that words of wisdom. Never. No, but I, to be uh, no, to be honest, I think to uh-huh. forgive me to re, regroup here. Come on, Jane. Be professional. Um, I asked the question. <laughs> no, I asked the question. But you knew, Brett. Uh, you knew what you were asking. Oh, no, I knew you were going to go there. It's great. That's why I wanted here you I to. Here I am. Where is it? Take hook out of mouth. Here I come. Um, I th- you know what? I think a biggest thing I tell people is you really need to listen to your gut. I know when you start a business, a lot of friends and people come out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. and I know they care about you, and it's like suddenly they have all this advice to offer, and I'm like, but you work for a huge company too, like, and I know they want to they want to give you they want to help you and whatever. I think you really have to listen to yourself. I think you really have to listen to your gut. There have been times where I didn't, or I, you know, because I thought, well, I don't know what I'm doing. But there's something innate as a human that you can just if you listen, if you're still and you listen to your soul and your mind. Mm-hmm. Every time I've done that since then, I have not regretted it. And I, so I know that sounds like a bit of a fuzzy piece of advice. I think that that's, that's it. I think you, you have to, yeah, you have to really listen to your gut, listen to your heart. I think a lot of entrepreneurs I, I talk to feel like they should have started a lot sooner. They're like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. late. I'm late. Mm-hmm. And I go, no. I mean, because frankly, looking back now at this, I wish I had started five years minimum earlier than I had. But I knew I didn't have the, you know, the negative experiences, the bad mm-hmm. environment, the bad bosses, the panic attacks, the knowing that I would never do X to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that all set me up for something. So I, I, I want all entrepreneurs or people to think you, you're right where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you're so we're, we're not in charge here in the universe. I know that sounds a bit, you know, next thing I'll be reading your tarot. But <laughs> um, but I think that's really it's the true. thing. I think everybody's where they're supposed to be in this journey, in this universe. And I don't want people to think that they've missed out because they, they're getting started at that point in time for some reason in the universe. And maybe they were just supposed to wait to have another experience, to meet another contact, to make a decision on what problem they were going to solve. I think we're, that's a big yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. you're not just not fully baked yet. So don't be right. don't be upset. Yet. Right. I think right. that's a big right. thing. And I and again, I think the other thing, I, the third thing I just have to say is I think you just have to get out there. Mm-hmm. You have to network. 
because I, I guarantee all of the people I have met, you, Brett, Carol, it's all because of I went there for another reason, and then I also connected on a completely different front. And right. I think you have to realize that, yeah. you know, you you may go to events and you're not going to get to the people you were thinking to, but, oh, my gosh, you just met another 10 people that, right. you know, who knows where that can go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamie, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate the, the time. You. Uh, listeners, you can um, join us online, you know, and also don't forget to check the show notes. We'll have all that stuff on the website as well, too contact information, resources, that website is lookingforourway.com. And we look forward to hearing your feedback on this and any of our podcast episodes.